Hi, everybody. Uh, today with us, Master uh, Nafisi, uh, meditation master and uh, the founder of the international organization Joy of Life. Uh, the mission of Joy of Life is to create joyful and uh, stress-free uh, living worldwide, worldwide by raising human consciousness. Uh, master Nafisi, you're a well-educated person. You have three degrees from world-recognized universities. You had successful career on Wall Street. Why did you decide to change uh, the course of your life? Yes. And uh, I first say hello to Core Spirit and, and your audiences. And to get directly into the answer, when I was working on Wall Street as a young man, I realized that the main focus was the electronic and the paper money. And paper and electronic money are a form of barter. So you hand over the $100 bill, and in exchange, you get something that you need. And what I realized early on is this piece of paper or the electronic transfer of money is just a means for you to get your needs met. And I realized that uh, truly powerful people have got to have inner power, inner creativity, charisma, intuition, decision-making, ability, uh, willpower, and to put the inner power out in order to earn the money. So when your focus is on the money itself, you're missing the point because any true guru or powerful person should be connected with the source of power. The source of power is always inside. If you look at powerful men and women, on the inside, they have faith, courage, intuition, creativity, decision-making power, and so forth. What I saw in Wall Street as a young man is that the lives of the vice presidents and senior vice presidents, the private lives were quite messy. So these people were managing 5,000 people, but the inner management was not there. So as a young man of 28, up to 30, I started looking for a source inside that would keep you happy, focused, and powerful, regardless of what the stock market was doing on that particular day. If you think about what a yogi is, a yogi is somebody who can maintain power, focus, happiness, charisma, creativity, regardless of which external problems are presenting themselves on that day. If you keep going up and down with the roller coaster of external problems, uh, forget the idea of happiness. I mean, you could be going to psychological therapy all your life, but if you're going up and down every time the international news broadcasts some bad news, you're never going to have happiness because the external fluctuations are happening all the time. So my summarized answer to you is that in Wall Street, I realized that the main focus was on the money, the paper money or the electronic money. And that was not the source. The source is what somebody has inside them. It can be IQ, courage, faith, creativity, charisma, 
And when you put that out, then the economy rewards you by giving you paper money. So the focus should be on the inside, not the outside. And a lot of the leaders that I got to know in Wall Street didn't have the inner world. They were not connected to a source of internal power. Oh, oh such a great statement. I mean that uh, the internal power is uh, really more important uh, than uh, external power. Yes, and the money comes. If you have something unique to present to the world, if core, core spirit is presenting something from inside out to the world, and you have something original to say, the money is always there. That's just a symbol. How one can uh, understand that uh, he or her uh, has uh, uh, something uh, original to say? Sometimes people think that uh, they are too ordinary uh, to, uh, to say something. Yes, and that's the big, big illusion amongst 8.5 billion people on Earth. We have an ego, each one of us has an ego, each one of us has a soul. Okay, the ego is carrying heavy baggage from the past. So if somebody lost one of their parents at the age of six, or if somebody had a mean stepdad, or if somebody failed one of the elementary school classes, these incidents start to program your subconscious mind so that you get the wrong idea about yourself. So if you had a broken romance in high school, you might think that you're ordinary. And that's why the boyfriend left you. The subconscious mind gathers negativities and it starts to collect them as a computer. That's your ego. Your ego, your subconscious mind, and collected negativities over the years. All of that is one package called ego. The other side of you is soul. Every time you come to the bridge of the nostrils and become completely aware that breath comes in, breath goes out. You, you lose that ego. You lose the heavy baggage of the high school romance and the stepfather and uh, somebody's bankruptcy when you were six years old. All of those are ego. The other side, you start following the breath and you become completely mindful of the breath. And of course, as a spiritual master, I invoke and enliven the spiritual electricity in your spinal column called Kundalini Shakti. And this is your right. I just awaken it as a teacher. When this electricity starts to vibrate in your body, you look at that past baggage of memories as something very far away, and you start having spontaneous feelings of self-love. The self-love comes from the identity that every time you breathe, life enters you. It's not just oxygen. Every time you breathe, the force that's keeping this universe alive is entering you with every breath. So your identity starts to change from Olga to life comes in with each breath. And as the identity starts to shift to 
God comes in and keeps me alive every time I breathe. That identity has no mediocrity attached to it. Because instead of thinking of yourself as kambis nafisi, it's more like I was in my mother's womb and there was a force putting me together cell by cell. Every time I breathe, the force that put me together as a unique living creature is entering me every time I breathe. Once your identity changes from Olga to life force, the sense of mediocrity and ordinariness is gone forever. The fact is every single one of us is completely unique. We know that. It's just the ego and the wounded subconscious make us doubt. We doubt ourselves. I challenge you, attend one important meeting while you just breathe in the God force and breathe out the God force to act. Go through one tense meeting like that and you'll see that you're much more courageous, completely centered, very original, not comparing yourself to anybody else. So you propose to surrender? The false identity. Okay. False identity. By the way, it sounds pretty much like uh, neuro-linguistic uh, programming. And uh, I know that you apply it in your practice. And how do you, do you connect it with meditation and spiritual practices? Right. Uh, I've been doing this for 30 years. And I approach complete healing of people on two fronts. One is spiritual healing. I have a lot of powers within my energy field. And um, when I talk to people and when I lightly touch them in my meditation uh, workshops, I invoke, I activate an energy that's already inside you. It's about one inch above your tailbone and it's called Kundalini Shakti. This is a aspect of divine energy within your body that is dormant until a master awakens it. When this energy awakens, she starts to go up your spine and go through 72,000 energy channels. And it's like um, very high vibrating divine light. Kundalini? Yes. Yes. And it starts to go through 72,000 tiny channel ways in your body. In a way, you become lit like a Christmas tree. All at an invisible level. What happens is you get filled with physical energy, cleansing psychological energy, and just filled with love instead of fear. So one way that I work with people, I invoke a massive spiritual electricity that penetrates them through 72,000 energy channels and they become lit with beautiful energy. The second way I work with people is to cleanse the subconscious. The subconscious is a computer and the only thing it understands is repetition, repetition, repetition. As you're growing up, up 
to the age of seven and nine, you've already created what we call a comfort zone, which is your unquestionable truths about whether you're beautiful or not, whether you're worthwhile or not, whether mama and papa loved you or not, whether you deserve a good life or not. That comfort zone is already set like a software program by the time you're seven and nine. And then the only thing that the subconscious allows you to see is that comfort zone of what it wants to see. In other words, most human beings see only what they want to see. Until you break that program. I had a, a woman student who said when I became pregnant, the only thing I would see in London is other pregnant women because my consciousness was becoming a future mother. So we've got 8.5 billion people seeing only what they want to see, meaning your subconscious mind is pre-programmed and it lays a lens in front of your eyes so that you're only seeing what it wants you to see. So the second way that I work with people is a program called Coming Full Circle. And I relax your brain waves down to about 3.5 cycles. Your normal brain waves are 14 cycles per second. I use breathing, Kriya Yoga breathing, and bring down your brain waves to 3.5 cycles. Those are called the theta waves. When your brain is at the theta waves, you can come out of the prism of your old thinking and accept new information. And neuro-linguistic programming understands this about the brain. NLP knows that in a state of relaxation, we can use pictures and sounds and suggestions to give you a positive trance. I'll give you a very quick example. Let's say somebody feels very disempowered when they stand next to their father because their father is this powerful general and the son loves doing women's hair in a hair salon. So this beautiful hairstylist feels alienated next to the general. And in this case, I use NLP. I had the person imagine two picture frames. One is the general, the other is the hairstylist. And using NLP, I have the person bring, bring up the picture of the hairstylist and take back the picture of the general. At the same time, he brings the hairstylist picture in focus while the general goes out of focus. I also turn up the volume of the voice of the stylist as the volume of the voice of the general goes lower. In other words, in NLP, you use proximity, color, focus, and sound volume to exaggerate the presence of the hairstylist while the picture of the general becomes fuzzy, black and white, and the volume of his voice goes down. This is a visualization based on NLP practices. So I use NLP in my Coming Full Circle programs to reprogram negativities 
in your subconscious that were formed by the time you were seven or nine years old. If you don't cleanse that negativity, I can give you a lot of spiritual bliss, but your past negativity comes in and interferes sometimes. It's, it sounds like uh, magic, you, you know? I mean, uh, uh, this um, light for 72,000 channels sounds like this Kundalini uh, sounds like magic and uh, uh, NLP sounds like magic. Um, and uh, you say that in your course, uh, you have to uh, read off uh, negativities uh, people um, uh, got, got uh, from the age seven to nine, right? Yes. Uh, what kind of negativities do you know? Uh, do you classify uh, them somehow or? Sure. sure. Uh, First of all, when, let's say when a little daughter is born, a little girl up to the age of seven doesn't have a sense of self. So if you're cute, if you're funny, if you're pretty, the five-year-old doesn't know that. A little child doesn't have a self. So what they do, they look into the mirror of the parent's eyes to see if they are cute. Now, if your parents are somehow emotionally absent, or if they themselves had parents that didn't give them a lot of love, or if there are economic problems in your household, or if one of them is alcoholic, or if there's a divorce, or if your school teacher is mean, then that five-year-old girl is completely dependent on the reflection in the eyes of the adult caretakers. If those reflections don't show a beautiful little girl, you grow up with some damages. For example, your self-confidence is not where it should be. You don't have enough self-worth. You might feel like you don't deserve having a great life. Or let's say you go to a birthday party, all the children are lined up to get the cake and you unconsciously, you're the last one in line. Why? Because you didn't receive enough positive feedback during the formative years. So you don't feel deserving. By the time you're 28, the man that you pick is not up to par with who you are as far as you're uh, In one of your interviews, you said, um, uh, let me cite, uh, after um, eight months of deep silence, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi gave us his Siddha initiation and to my surprise, while reciting uh, Patanjali's sutras, my body uh, floated above the floor. Uh, so what do you think? Is, uh, uh, is there any scientific background for such a miracle? Yes. And that practice is called levitation. Yes. And in the ancient Vedic scriptures of yoga, there are several superhuman powers mentioned. These are called 
Let us know what are they. Yes, these are called the SIDHIs. S-I-D-D-H-I-S. A SIDHA, S-I-D-D-H-A. A SIDHA is somebody who has one foot in the material world, like London. They have another foot in the subatomic world of the proton, electron, uh, neutron. In other words, they can penetrate the field of invisible energies. We all know that the world is made of energy, but an ordinary human being can only see what their five senses can pick up. I'll give you an example. Uh, when the Sri Lanka tsunami happened, the disastrous tsunami, only two animals were dead in Sri Lanka. All the other ones had felt the earthquake, the earthquake underneath the Indian Ocean coming four or five hours before. The two animals who died were stuck in some bushes. So what I'm saying is the subtle vibrations of an oceanic earthquake was felt by the animals five hours before. The humans who were vacationing there all died within four or five minutes. And those were ordinary human beings. They could only hear with their ears. They couldn't penetrate the world of subtle energies. Siddhi powers have to do with your nervous system becoming subtle enough. Now I'm going to count some of the supernatural powers. One is your ability to penetrate somebody's mind and plant ideas in somebody else's mind. Another one is your ability to be invisible, not literally, but there's a particular sutra that you can chant. And then you go into a very crowded London restaurant and you go past 15 tables. And as you're walking past them, nobody turns around to look. It's as if you become a shadow self. Another city is the ability to stir the atoms to manifest your deepest desires. And I'll explain that one. Mm -hmm. the, act, the act of creation is like this. All of space is pulsing with a creative force, which is God. That creative force is vibrating at a very high vibration, very high. The human body is vibrating at a very low vibration. So if I'm vibrating at a low vibration, and my Lord is vibrating at a high vibration, then we have problems communicating. It's like a walkie-talkie. If you put your walkie-talkie on channel three, and London Heathrow, the tower, is talking on channel seven, then your walkie-talkie cannot talk to the Heathrow Tower because you're on different channels. A given um, a spiritual guru who can enliven your Kundalini, you start to vibrate at higher frequencies. And so is the God force. And also your mind becomes very quiet. When your mind becomes quiet, you start accessing an energy field called pure consciousness. So let me put this simply. 
every time your mind becomes quiet and your brain waves change from 14 cycles to 3.5 cycles, because of your mental quietude, you enter an energy field called pure consciousness, which feels like intelligence without fault. If you ever go to a beautiful scene and just looking out on the valley, that you have no thought. That's pure consciousness. Or you're following the breath over here, and as you follow the breath, your mind becomes quiet. That's pure consciousness. If you're staring into a fireplace and you lose yourself for a few minutes, that's pure consciousness. Or if you sing a mantra and you lose your thoughts for a moment, that's pure consciousness. Whenever you're in a state of pure consciousness, you access the God force. As you access the God force, and as Kundalini is flowing, you start to access supernatural powers. For example, many of my students over the past 30 years have simultaneously seen me in different places. Now, it's not that my body is in two different places. It's because if I think of a student and I'm in deep prayer, they can feel my presence. Like in my five-day workshops with eyes closed, all of my advanced students know exactly where I am in the room without hearing my footsteps. They can feel my energy field. This is not so unusual. Many of you, have had intuitive experiences where you can feel your dead grandmother coming and embracing you, or twin sisters can feel each other. That communication is done when your mind is quiet. With a quiet mind, you access pure consciousness, which is an energy field of intelligence. As you enter pure consciousness, you can plant ideas in other people's head. You can levitate above the floor. You can become invisible by chanting an invisibility sutra. Uh, you can add a lot of physical power to yourself. Now, um, the way that people manifest, the mind becomes quiet. They send an intention up to the God force, and the God force lowers its vibrational frequencies and becomes a solid object. So imagine the God force is like this, and then I send it an intention to have romance, and the God force starts slowing down its vibrations and turning into my romantic partner. So manifestation happens when you reduce the vibrational frequency of the God force to go from light to gas to liquid to solid. That's how we manifest. Okay. Uh, so the key is Kundalini, right? Kundalini and a quiet mind. Kriya okay. Yoga, Kriya Yoga meditation within 12 seconds quiets your mind so your brain wave activity is 3.5 cycles instead of 12 cycles. 
at 3.5 cycles, there is no name Kambiz Nafisi. I am very present. Mm -hmm. I am very mindful. But there's no childhood memories. There's no teenagehood. There's no first name and last name. Breath comes in. Breath goes out. I'm just here, like the dolphin. At that state of just being intensely present, you access pure consciousness. So Kundalini, mental quietude, and the help of a guru that can help you experience these for the first time. So, sounds great. So, uh, so it is uh, the way uh, to develop supernatural uh, powers uh, for people like me, for ordinary people. Um, and uh, should, should I meditate for years or, um, or is there any opportunity to get such powers uh, fast, faster? Yes, it depends on several things. First of all, if you're the kind of woman who has been seeking, privately seeking, a friendship with your own creator. Whichever way you want to imagine God, that's your business, that's not my business, okay? But if you believe that some force bigger than you created you, if you're the kind of woman who's been seeking that friendship for a long time, you're already ahead because you have that private desire to make the connection. Number two, if your love or friendship with your creator is a very strong love, then you're going to be more open to surrender. When I surrender the name Kambiz Nafisi to life comes in, life acts through me. The level of surrender will get you to the powers much faster. So love of the creative force, very easy surrender, strong desire to surrender. Number three, to have some luck to meet a real teacher that can enliven this spiritual electricity inside you. and some mental quietude. In terms of how quickly your mind becomes quiet, I see miracles every day. I have students who've been studying with me for 20 years, and then somebody brand new comes into my presence, and within the first session of Kriya Yoga, they take off like a rocket. It's very dem democratic. I would tell you, the main prerequisite is this. The more egotistical you are, the more you say Olga, 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 the more separate you feel from nature, the more hopeless you are about the existence of a creative force, the harder your task. The opposite type of personality, they believe in some sort of intelligence running the world. They believe that their body was created in less than 40 weeks by an intelligent force. They believe that force is aware of them. They dialogue with that force daily. And they're more than happy 
to surrender to that force. A second type of personality has a very easy time accessing the cosmos. How do I know if I'm making spiritual progress? Many different ways. One is, in America, they call it the winning streak, which means if on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock you started feeling good, how long did that good energy last? In the beginning, at 10 a.m. you feel good. By 11, you're having the next bad mood. But if this stretch is out and you start experiencing longer, continued periods of well-being, that's a good sign. In other words, from the start of your good mood and high energy to the end of it, it's been three weeks. That elongated period of well-being is a really good sign of progress. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're not going up and down every five minutes. The good energy field lasted three weeks instead of three minutes. That's one sign. Uh, okay, and I think that uh, Kriya Yoga helps to maintain uh, this uh, well-being, right? Yes, because you're employing breathing, which is your oldest friend. You're born with the first inhalation. You die with the last exhalation. Kriya Yoga uses the breath to bring in the presence of the God Force to cleanse you, and then when you exhale, through a Kriya Yoga prayer and intention, you send the power of the God Force into your actions. So yes, Kriya Yoga, try coming to the office tomorrow with this practice. Put aside your name. Every time you breathe, life comes in. Every time you exhale, that force rises to report. That force does the next interview. Okay. See, see what happens to your day. Okay, I will. Share, I will share this uh, practice with uh, uh, my colleagues and friends, uh, and I will see what uh, what will happen if you don't mind. <laughs> the signs of progress: longer stretches of feeling well. Number two, you have this kind of mindfulness. There's a witness. There's a witness beginning to watch the thoughts and emotions as they come and they disappear. It's almost like there's a higher witness staring down at your mind, watching thoughts and emotions parade by and leave. So you're not entangled. You don't believe every single thought and every single emotion as utter reality. You're witnessing. That's another sign. Number three, literally, all diseases, all diseases that are um, neurologically re related, like uh, sleeplessness, shoulder ache, neck ache, migraine, headaches, ulcers, your physical body is start, starting to improve, getting rid of any kinds of symptoms of stress. So that's a physiological proof. Um, another one is a lot of love 
instead of fear. Love and fear are two opposing emotions. When there's love, there cannot be fear. So another sign, you start to wake up as if you're in love with the day. So it's not focused on just one person. You wake up, it's autumn time, you see the color of the leaves in Hyde Park, and you're in love. That kind of love is the sensation of the soul. The soul is made of love. The ego is made of fear, worry, and anxiety. So if you start to feel relatively more love versus fear, anxiety, and worry, that's a great sign of progress. Okay, thank you. And I read uh, that Kriya Yoga is a practice of definite uh, scientific methods of meditation. Uh, what exactly was uh, scientifically proved and why? Okay, there are thousands of studies, even by the National Institutes of Health here in Washington, D.C., other universities, Oxford, Harvard. There's thousands of experiments conducted. Uh, basically, Kriya Yoga breathing reduces your blood pressure, reduces the speed of the heartbeat, reduces your metabolism in a good way. And I'll explain to you scientifically what happens. After 2.4 minutes of Kriya Yoga breathing, your brain wave activity reduces from the busy beta waves, 14 cycles per second, down to 3.5 cycles per second. Those are called theta waves. What I'm saying is, when your brainwave activity calms down, your heartbeat comes down, your blood pressure comes down, your metabolic rate comes down, your respiration rate comes down. Because you have less wear and tear inside you, you also stay younger. As you look at my face, you're looking at a 66-year-old man. If you compare my picture right now to my classmates, I'm at least 10 to 15 years younger. So I don't look 23, but if you compare me to my classmates, they all have white hair, they look much older, some of them have already had their first heart attack, so forth. So what I'm saying is, when we use breathing to slow down metabolism, slow down the brain waves, bring down the heartbeat, bring down the blood pressure, we are adding to our longevity. The other thing I'll mention, Kriya breathing oxygenates the blood so you have less acid in the blood. Oxygenated blood is called alkaline blood. When alkaline blood enters the brain, your mind automatically calms down because acidity Acidity of the blood makes us nervous. Alkaline blood in the body makes us calm down. So, two basic scientific answers. Kriya Yoga breathing oxygenates the blood, makes it more alkaline. When non-acidic blood flows through the body, you calm down. 
do, do you think people have potential to live forever? Uh, physically, no, but the lifespan can be much, much longer because if you can reduce your metabolism by will, and if you can oxygenate your blood and reduce your blood pressure, if your heart is under a lot less stress, if your lungs are under less stress, if you can uh, create happiness hormones like endorphins through blissful meditation, then your body is in a very happy state. In a happy state, you can live much longer. And I'm going to put in one more condition. If the human being starts to believe that 115 years is possible, then you're going, we're going to have many more 115-year-olds. I'm going to give you examples. For a long time, nobody ran the distance of one mile under four minutes. One athlete, imagine doing that. In the next year, after he broke the record, some 35 other people broke the record. So what I'm saying is, if we start to help humans realize that 115 years is possible, then the subconscious starts to believe that, and it will allow the possibility of you living beyond 100 years. When the first trains started traveling through the US, the railway companies warned the passengers that if the train exceeds 35 miles per hour, the passengers in the wagons would explode. One day, the person throwing coal into the steam engine threw in too much coal and one locomotive went to 37 miles per hour and nobody exploded. Because nobody exploded, people started to believe that a train locomotive can do 40 miles an hour. So coming back to your original question, eternal life physically is not possible. But knowing that 115 years is possible will take the lifespan to a, a longer state. Number two, something like Kriya Yoga that brings down the wear and tear of your heart, of your lungs, brings down the blood pressure, gets rid of acidity in your digestive system. It lends you a lot of health. Interesting, the founder of Kriya Yoga was a man named Kriya Babaji Nagaraj. Kriya Babaji's motto was breathlessness equals deathlessness. What he meant by that is in Kriya Yoga meditation, because your brain waves calm down, your metabolism comes down, Therefore, you need less oxygen. Therefore, breathlessness. So what Kriya Babaji was trying to say is if you have a breathing technique, it can lower your brainwave activity, your metabolism comes down, 
you need less oxygen, therefore you breathe slower, therefore you look younger. So as a 66-year-old, I'm doing well compared to my classmates because I can control my metabolism. That's why he said, breathlessness, meaning slow breathing, equals deathlessness. Because in Kriya Yoga meditation, our metabolism and breathing rate come down. Therefore, we remain younger. Okay, thank you. Sounds great. Uh, and if you had an opportunity to send a um, message to humankind, uh, what would you say? Yes, uh, what I would say is change your identity. Every time you breathe, a force that adores you, a force that wanted you to be alive, enters you and this force is made of consciousness is intelligent so talk to it every time you breathe say thank you thank you for giving me life and as you exhale say to that force i want you to go out into london and act through my life so my first advice get rid of the mistaken identity your first name and last name is a mistaken identity. I'm saying, feel beautiful, feel worthy. Nothing wrong with you, but you are made of the God force. Your subconscious mind with all those childhood memories, those are illusions. You were made in less than 40 weeks by the biggest force in the universe. And that force adores you so much it's given you your unique nose, your unique talent, your unique voice. All of the biggest successes in history, like Elton John, as an example, all the big successes started out with some pain, and then they threw out the false identity, and they started merging with something unique that they were already born with. That, that would be my first advice to everyone. And the second? The second, find a teacher who is real and get that Kundalini power in enlivened. And the third would be find somebody who knows what they're doing. Cleanse, cleanse the negativity here. There's a technique. There's a way of talking to the subconscious so that it relaxes you using breathing and then you plant new ideas in it so that its ideas change. If your audiences are curious, there's a post on Core Spirit. There's a video about coming full circle. And it talks about how we open the subconscious plant new ideas in there, and pluck out the old negativities. 